Welcome to the Public Relations Global Network's 30th Anniversary Podcast. I'm Adrian McIntyre. And I'm Abby Fink, Vice President General Manager of HMA Public Relations in Phoenix, Arizona, and a founding member of PRGN. With public relations leaders embedded into the fabric of the communities we service, clients hire our agencies for the local knowledge, expertise, and connections in markets spanning six continents across the world. Our guests on this limited edition podcast series are all members of the Public Relations Global Network. They will discuss such topics as workplace culture, creative compensation, and succession planning, the importance of sustainability, and environmental, social, and governance programs, crisis communications, and outside-of-the-box thinking for growing your business. For more information about PRGN and our members, please visit prgn.com. And now, let's meet our guests for this episode. My name is Amanda Hill. I'm CEO at Three Box Strategic Communications in Dallas, Texas. Hi, I'm Owen Cullen, and I'm Managing Director of Cullen Communications in Dublin, Ireland. Amanda, one of the interesting things about succession planning for any business owner is really determining who's going to be the next me for me. And you became the next me for um, your father, who owned the agency for several years, but you didn't start off working for your dad's company. You went out and got some other experience. And so when the time came, you know, what was those discussions like around the kitchen table? Right. Well, I actually lived in a different city at the time and I'd had my first son and was working really hard in PR, but for someone else. And I started thinking, why am I working so hard for someone else? I could be doing this on my own. And then I thought, wait, I know somebody who has an agency who happens to be my father. And so I started, I actually initiated those conversations to begin. And I started with asking what his plan was. And his plan really was to let it, let it run its course and then give everyone plenty of notice and shut the doors. And I thought, no, you've created value in a company. Um, I'd love to have the opportunity to continue on with that. And so it really started with me convincing him that I could join the company. And so I started as a director in the company. It from the very beginning was a negotiation. You know, because I had worked elsewhere, I knew my value. I knew what we needed as a family, my, my husband and I. And so starting there, working my way to earn the respect of the team at what was Lewis Public Relations at the time, the name of our company. And um, and then the ownership conversations happened more organically over the next couple of years. And now when your situation was a little bit different, uh, you came straight into the agency that was owned by your father. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So I, when I left college, I was, I was, I suppose, a very influenced by my father. He kind of guided me in such a way and do what I did in college. And then after I was came to the end um, of a master's, he invited me into the office to kind of find my feet and see what I like it. Um, and yeah, rolled on the clock a couple of years and I, I settled my feet into agency land. And um, very unexpectedly, um, while I realized my father was coming to a retirement age, um, I went into his office one day and he proposed to, to see what I thought about taking over the agency because uh, he just hit the magic 66. Um, and it was a kind of a nearly a done deal at that point. And uh, the agency transferred to my brother and sister and myself. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was in 2012. And now you own it outright? Yeah. So there was a process there because uh, at the same time, my brother was retiring from from playing rugby. 
Uh, my sister was was finding herself as well and what she wanted to do in her career. Uh, so the three of us were shareholders. And while I was active in the agency, um, it then just materialized over the next couple of years that they, they, they'd they found different paths for themselves. Uh, and I decided I wanted to, to own it outright. Uh, and then we started a, a process where I bought the two of them out. Um, so now, yeah, I'm 100% owner. And I think about succession planning, you know, just... It, two business owners in general talking about it. There's got to be a, a whole nother dynamic when you're talking about parent to child and, you know, the role that you're playing there because you do, you, you know, you're, you're the employee. Now you're the potential business partner, but you're still the kid. And how do you manage that? What do those dynamics look like? You have to have set some parameters around, you know, what those conversations off the clock look like versus what's on the clock. For our family, we had to have some ground rules. Even before I started with the agency, my dad said, you need to know that if this doesn't work out, I will fire you before you're always my daughter. So I will fire you if this is not the right fit, uh, which is a little intimidating, but he's absolutely right that our family relationship always came first. And so as we worked together and then through the transaction, there were some kind of ground rules that you know, we don't talk about work around my kids, my husband, my mom. It, you know, it's boring for them. And honestly, he and I, my dad and I can go into a rabbit hole and talk forever about that. So we needed to put those parameters around. We also, I call him Blake um, at the office or professionally. That's just important because I felt that it set a tone. It made others around us feel more comfortable. It also was a level of respect and peer dynamic that obviously if you call him dad, that you know you automatically have that parent-child relationship, which is important to us. But in business, we're really partners and colleagues more than anything. So those are the few of the things that we did. Oh, and what were the conversations like with your employees? during the transition that, you know, coming from, well, in the in both cases, taking over from your father with the three of you, but then ultimately, you know, you went from being a co-employee with these folks to their boss and now owning the company. What were some of those conversations like? Yeah, so that was a very interesting experience. Um, so it all, it all happened very, very quickly in terms of the, the transfer, um, so the legalities of it. But practically what happened in the office was a little bit slower. So um, for the next maybe six months, kind of everything was was normal. My dad was still in his office. I still call my dad, my dad, rather than Frank. And there came a point of like the staff were kind of wondering, like, who is calling the shots here now? Who is the boss? And for me, I was actually the youngest person in the agency at the time, was a, which was a kind of an interesting dynamic. Many agency leaders talk about how do you manage millennials. I was a millennial managing people that were of other generations. But I think the dynamic there was, yeah, there was a bit of uncertainty for people. Um, and uh, the big thing there was just uh, a certain change at a certain point. So um, about six months in, we had a bit of a, an office swap. Uh, and that was the kind of real sign that there was there was something changing. And yet yeah, the support of the team are, are, have, were there for quite a long time. They're still there today. And yeah, it took me a bit of time to find my feet. But thankfully, 10 years on, we're still here. Excellent. Well, there must be some lessons learned and that you bring to the to the table in in your consulting role when you're talking with other, you know, business owners that are thinking about this, you've got personal experience and the pros and cons and such. So, how has this experience sort of informed 
you now as a business owner, but also as a communications professional advising, you know, business clients that are making similar and important decisions for their companies? I would say that structure is a really important process, having some defined guideposts around that kind of transition, everything from the transaction itself for our for our family, for, for this um, situation, right, whether it's family or not, it was helpful to um, have an agreement of not just the valuation of the company and how that was going to then be transferred in terms of payment, but also an employment contract, you know, it was really helpful to have outlined as the as the founder of the company, here's what your employment role looks like. And there was a definite end. Um, and so each year he would kind of come back and ask, now remind me, you know, what is what is my kind of uh, schedule look like next year? And we had to revisit, you know, and it did ramp down and that did help with the transition between the two of us. So when there was any kind of ambiguity, we had it already documented. And then with our team, that helped them understand who was in charge and what the expectation was for them. Because yeah, a lot of these conversations happen, you know, behind closed doors with, you know, legal and financial professionals the team doesn't know anything that's happening. And so communicating with them and being really clear about who is the leader and what this means, I think was really important. And when does that communication happen? When did you start talking to the staff that the ownership was evolving and it was going to be you? And Yeah, so that happened, again, probably a couple of months later. So like the deal was done in December 2012, but I kind of picked the 1st of May as my kind of anniversary of when I kind of fell into the seat or sat into the seat, should I say. So it had started that that this was the process that was taking place. It was also talking to staff, but also clients as well. So my father set up the agency in 1985. I was born in 1983. So uh, he had some long lasting relationships. We've clients since 1986. So he was always the face of it. And I was getting to meet people for the first time. I think it was all just about getting that FaceTime um, and instilling, I suppose, the confidence in, in the change. Um, they would have respected his viewpoint for many years of counsel and they kind of felt, well, if, if he thinks I was the right man for the job, then then they're happy with that too. And the same would have passed on to the, the team as well. Took a bit of a different different direction, I suppose. Yeah. Well, and now that you've gone through it and 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 are the owners of your firms and, and looking forward to your future, what are you doing to think about what happens when it's the next transformation of the company to another potential either partner or ownership structure. Owen, have you started thinking in terms of what's next for you? I do, yeah. Um, kind of amazingly, um, it is always on my mind about what the future holds. I don't have any kids, so that route at the moment isn't there. I suppose owning the company outright is there's an excitement about what, what direction we can go in, into. And I do want to develop the agency further. I like being an owner of an agency. And I have, I've communicated to staff ourselves that I do see myself replacing myself from a, from a managing director standpoint in the future and getting someone in there to take, a, take it on to the next level. Amanda, for you, what's, what's the future? Much like Owen, you know, I think equipping the next generation and showing them a path to leadership within the organization, part of it was building an agency that was beyond one person. And, you know, my father had started doing that, but we really took it to a whole nother level and are equipping and empowering our own team 
to feel a sense of leadership and to have leadership roles within the organization. So to me, that's exciting is that, you know, we'll have teams who are imagining and building something that is beyond what what I might envision for the company. And while that can be kind of scary, you know, because you do, it, it is an important piece of me. It really is empowering to think that this could have wings beyond you know, any one person. And so that's that's really my goal for now. I love being an owner. I can't imagine working for anyone else. And so um, I think just being the cheerleader and the coach and the the leader for them, and then to be able to sit on the sidelines a little bit and watch them run and fly would be amazing. Outside looking in, you've created an atmosphere and allowed others to see the, the openness to the process, right? I mean, you, you, they saw how you have evolved and, and taken on and owned, created an ownership mentality and went for what you wanted and created that. And if you're empowering your teams to think and do in the same way as, as the owner, you start to see and potentially identify who else could be part of that structure and may not necessarily be um, you know, a financial partnership, but who is leading and guiding that organization who thinks like you, challenges you, and sets the course alongside of you for what that future can look like. And I think as any of us are thinking about our own businesses, whether that's PR agencies or others, and that do we want it to continue when we are no longer running it? How do we do that? And how do we create a scenario that allows the people that we're currently working with or, or others that may not be Yet, yet, you know, in front of us to come in and, you know, help us grow that next phase. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Public Relations Global Network's 30th Anniversary Limited Edition podcast series. You can find all the episodes now in your favorite podcast app. Episodes are also available on our website, along with more information about PRGN and our members at prgn.com.